The intensity has been turned up, but the battle is only beginning. Every game, every period, every shift means that much more. All that's missing is you. It's time to paint the Lone Star State victory green with your Dallas Stars. Be here to experience the excitement as the Stars make their push for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Get your tickets now at DallasStars.com. One state, one team, Texas hockey. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Greetings. The Podman Rush marches on. Season is no longer in its infancy. And it's not a uh, toddler, a teen, or a 20-something either. Past midlife, hopefully past any crises that we've seen so far, and just kind of hitting its stride, yet still grappling with its true identity. How's that for an intro? Huh? That's skipshoddy right there. Uh, with that soliloquy over with, I'll ID my co-host, Mike Heike, who is fighting through it today. You okay, I'm, Mike? I'm doing quite well, Daryl. Thank you. All right. Nasal whatever you're dealing with. <laughs> you sound terrific. This Thank should you. be really good. Uh, and, of course, our special guest this week, Dallas Stars president and CEO, Brad Alberts. Woo! If we had an audience, they'd be going nuts right now, Brad. <laughs> yes, I'm so honored to be finally invited to the historic podcast here with you two. So thanks for having me. Isn't it exciting, huh? <laughs> it is a thrill. Hey, how how have you found the role of uh, sitting at the big desk now? Uh, how, how have you, what would your, your big statement about being in the big chair be? Oh, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, to be honest. Um, the last, you know, three years have been, you know, incredibly challenging for so many reasons, as we all know. Um, I think getting through this pandemic has been tougher than anybody in sports and entertainment ever dreamt of. Um, but I think, you know, we're pretty much closing the book on it, hopefully here. And um, hopefully it's in our rearview mirror. The challenges themselves have been uh, stuff that you can't prepare for uh, on that front. Are, have there been other ones just on the business side of things that that maybe, oh, you would have been aware of it anyway because you've been in a, a supportive role for that position for a long time, right? Yeah, I think the issues that on the business side that we've had to deal with are all COVID related as you know, we kind of laughed about, you know, last year, we had to re-manifest the American Airlines Center to host 5000 people who would have ever thought right. that that's what we would have done. And that was the majority of our planning and issues as we, you know, tried to open the season last January. So COVID has thrown the curveball at the business. Now, fortunately, you know, for us, we've, we live in Texas and God love Texas. And our business here now has really recovered well. Uh, our fan base has been fantastic. Our corporate sponsorship, you know, people and, and community has been, you know, fantastic. And the support that we've seen from our, our great fan base has allowed us to get in this spot. But uh, the business of the stars is in a really good place. Mike, this is where you and your sinus infection join in. 
I'm, I'm wiping, wiping my nose right now. No, I'm fine. Uh, hey, Brad, uh, on the good side, some of the things that you've been wanting to do, I know you have a very creative mind. Is it kind of nice that these things can become reality? I mean, I'm, obviously, we're going to look at the Winter Classic as the first thing, but, but you have a lot of ideas, and now you have the ability to make those ideas reality. Yeah. And I, you know, I certainly have had that ability for, you know, the last five, six years, you know, here as well. But what we've tried to do, Mike and, and Razor, you guys know this, we, I want, and the, the staff here, we want this franchise to be big. I talk about it all the time. We've got to be big. We've got to do big things. There was nothing bigger at the time than hosting the Winter Classic, uh, the first one in the in the south, you know, southern part of the United States. We knew we had a big challenge, but uh, I knew that we would, you know, we would have put together a great plan, and I knew that our fan base um, in Dallas and really across the state would support it. And sure enough, it did. And so, you know, we've talked about it a, a number of times. That was, you know, one of the franchise's greatest days, probably right slotted in behind winning the cup back in 99. Um, it's something that we're all really proud of, but we haven't, we're not stopping there. You know, we want this city and this community to be a hockey city. Uh, we continue to try to bring the biggest, uh, events in the sport, to Dallas-Fort Worth. We've got the community to host it. We have the facilities to host it. Uh, and we now have 20-plus years of hockey here uh, to host it as well and a great fan base. That, that was funny. Us- I, was, I was just going to say, I'm going to interrupt you, Daryl. So I'm sitting there on Sunday, Sunday afternoon matinee. Were you there, Daryl? Yeah, did you, you hear the... You hear the air go out of my balloon as I just was a, just approaching a, a question there? Go a ahead. Question there. Uh, you had a sellout against Buffalo on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, it just seems like all of the little things you're juggling, also the day-to-day is pretty is doing pretty well too right now. Yeah. Our, like I said, our business is, is really rebounded well. And our and our fan base in, in Dallas here has been great. They're they're responding, they're coming to the games and you know, I love playing afternoon games. I don't know what you guys think, especially after football. I think, you know, Sunday afternoon, one, two o'clock starts uh, are fantastic. I think a lot of kids get to come to the games, which is was really important. Um, you know, I've said it before, we don't have to always play at night. Uh, so we love playing these Sunday afternoon games. And uh, this past one was a, was a great example of it. Three o'clock. Three, three o'clock. Like three my, o'clock. Three o'clock's my cutoff. One. Okay. I have. To, I, I'm like Eddie Belfort was back sushi. in the day. It takes me takes me a while to rev up the engine on game day. There's a lot that goes into it, and I'm really crammed at one o'clock. Three o'clock wheelhouse. Man, you're you're out of there now. I'll having said that, you know, after that game, then the alumni game. I still jumped in my car in just beautiful glow sunlight on my way home from that. And that that is a that is a lovely thing. You step out of the arena and go to dinner instead of step out of the arena and jump into your jammies and go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I'm Amen. with you. Uh, but, but three o'clock, three, three to five, that's my wheelhouse. So Duly noted, Hikes. I've got it. Razor wants to start it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure. I'm writing it down. I'm too. sure. Yeah, it's being adjusted as we speak. Sending an email to the NHL right now. Hey, uh, one, one more little thing, though, on attendance, because I am curious. Like at, Attendance, it feels like, at American Airlines Center is, has somewhat outperformed uh, achievements a little bit. And um, how have you guys done that? Uh, how has that happened? 
Well, I've got to give a lot of credit to our, you know, to our ticket guys. Matt Bowman and Daniel Venegas are the two leaders of our ticket force, you know, and those two guys have done an incredible job of not only communicating with our, you know, longstanding season ticket base, uh, but, you know, coming out of the, you know, and selling um, each and every year, you know, and, and acquiring new new fans to come watch our games. And I think we've got a really good system here. We've got a really good process and we've got really good people that care deeply about the fan base, uh, both new and old fan bases um, to, you know, to to work on. And so I think that all encompassing razor is the answer to your question. It's not by accident that this is happening. It is we put a lot of time and effort into it, not only just the sales team, but our marketing team led by Dan Stuckel supports these guys, our messaging. Um, and it's a, it's obviously a very important uh, fundamental in our business and one that we've taken seriously here now for 10 years. The I, I would think from your perch, the the you can always have your team be as good as the team's been this year on home ice. I'm sure performance this year has driven some of that uh, because they just win, it feels like, every home game. We'd like that to continue. But that's not going to happen every every game. So you're in arena performance, and and that mm-hmm. it has always, for a long time, drew a lot of accolades around the league. And how much of, of that are, are you maybe not so much involved in, but maybe you are? Uh, but how much is that a, a huge key to b- being able to to drive the gate the way you guys have? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a it's a huge part of it, and it has been here for you know the last 20 years. I mean, even going back to reunion, nobody comes to a Stars game and walks away saying this was boring, whether <laughs> right. we win or lose. <laughs> and and I think what Kevin Harp and Dan Stuckel and the and the guys you know our marketing team have done with the show is it's you know it's highly entertaining, and I think people really enjoy you know coming to stars games whether they're coming you know on a regular basis every night like some of our you know victory club members or they're just coming you know one or two times a a year um you know people can bring kids um and and have a really really good time and i think that's really important it's part of our brand it's been part of our brand for 20 plus years again it's one of those things that we don't blow off we take seriously and hopefully it manifests itself on game nights yeah, you go back to Jeff Kogan and, and your boss, Jim Lights, and, and what they did back at Reunion Arena, which you probably couldn't do anymore. Uh, no, we National can't do Hockey. that. Yeah. <laughs> moved on from that yes, a bit. Yes, but yes. You do have to grow. Still, you do have yeah, to grow. You, you know, we've taken it now into the 2020s. <laughs> Uh, but again, like, like I said, back in Reunion, you know, it was it was a great environment with limited technology. And now we're we're 20 some years removed from that. And I think we we still take great pride in uh, in letting people uh, in giving people, you know, uh, a good time when they come to the game. Speaking of pride, I want obviously wanted to talk to you about the news that just came out, which was uh, the announcement of a Dallas Stars Hall of Fame. Uh, give us the backstory on just how this thing germinated and, and came about. Well, we, we were talking just, you know, as an executive staff here, and it was, you know, it was my idea to kind of throw out of, you know, I think the franchise is now mature enough 
to handle a Hall of Fame. And we've had we've obviously, um, you know, honored a number of our players, you know, from the 99 team now culminating here just, you know, about a month ago with Zuboff. But there's a number of other, you know, players that have played for this franchise that deserve to be honored by this franchise, albeit not have their numbers retired. And I think that was a driving force behind it. It really started, again, Razor, when we all got together. You know, Dan Stuckel and I, back in 2012 and 13 with Jason Walsh, said that, you know, one of the things that we want to do is we've got to honor our past. And it started with honoring number nine. It led to 26. And it's now culminated with 56. And I think now bringing in the Hall of Fame on the heels of all that is the next step to honoring what I think is now a rich past. And it goes to, um, you know, the future of the stars now as well. Our, our team is mature. We've won in this market. We continue to want to make this city a hockey city. This is another kind of instrument that goes along with that. Um, and I think it's something that uh, all of us are going to have great pride now building. And again, as I've told you guys, um, my goal is to ultimately get a brick and mortar Hall of Fame where the fans can share uh, in the excitement um, and we can turn this and let them all come and see this. And um, ultimately, that's that's what our goal is. And hopefully we can get that figured out here over the next few years. Yeah, I just see this as a big gift to the fans. I mean, you just yeah. saw the buzz in the crowd the other day for the alumni game and they love it. They, they want to go back and they want to relive the, the great memories they've had in the past. So. I, I'm with you. I think something that the fans can actually be be there, touch, see, be a part of is, is a huge deal. For sure. And like I said, and a number of guys, you know, have have done things here that are worthy of Hall of Fame, you know, material. And I, those guys need to be recognized. And we, you know, we're going to talk about all of them, you know, when we get in our committee meetings. But it'll be, a, you know, it'll be a fun day when we start to um, – you know, to honor those those individuals that um, that have been so important to this franchise, you know, since the early 90s. Do you I don't know how much you want to tell on here or, or how much you have nailed down, but do you do you have sort of the framework or the parameters of when this is going to begin and and who's going to go in immediately? We do not. You'll be part of that, you know, in our first, you know, committee meeting. We'll start yes. to discuss uh, who's going to be on the initial ballot. But um, we are going to do it around our Boots and Blades Gala when uh, that has typically been in the fall. We're going to yeah. turn this into a Hall of Fame weekend that I believe is going to also include the alumni uh, weekend is, or the alumni game that we just had. So um, we're going to try to create a whole weekend around it that'll nice. be really fun for all of us involved and certainly the inductees and their families and, you know, our team and et cetera. So um, again, it'll be one of those things that we'll take great pride in. And I think the fans will see a, uh, a really cool, you know, like I said, weekend once we get this all established and get it picked out. Mike has been badgering me about whether there'll be a, a print media wing of it that you, we can induct some of the, the legendary names that we're in the newspaper game around here in the beginning. Kalashaw. Hikes <laughs> will be, you know, fighting for those individuals, I can tell. Yes, yeah. very I, much I'll so. The, I'll be the Rick Goslin putting all those guys up. But uh, not yeah, just former players. <laughs> <laughs> not just former players, but builders as well of the yeah. organization, right? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's obviously been, um, you know, executives, general managers, coaches, you name it, uh, a number of people here that are worthy of recognition by this franchise. And I think now we'll have the mechanism in place to do that. Uh, Obviously, we can't retire everyone's jersey, nor should we. Um, But this allows us to um, to really show the appreciation for so many people um, that have contributed to our success, you know, over it's now, like I said, 20 plus years of existence. So we're mature enough. Yeah, very much so. Michael? Um, That's about it for me. It's funny. Oh, my God. See? I I do like I do like the founders Mm -hmm. because there are some stories out there. Like I'll throw one out. This is just weird, but I think you appreciate it, Brad. Is Dan Stuckel? Like his story is really cool. The fact that he's been here since they moved from Minnesota and he's worked behind the scenes and he's contributed so much. And I'm not saying he's going to be you know first ballot or even in there, but just telling stories about players or people like that behind the scenes to me is really fun. And, and I think, you know, the fans would appreciate something like that. For sure. And Stooks is uh, an unbelievable asset to our organization. He's got a great career story. He's worked in on the hockey side. Uh, he's been in the nonprofit world. And now he's been in, in marketing. And he was in a little bit of sales role. He was in a sales role with us, you know, earlier when he came back. He's just, you know, he's such a talented man. He's got such a great love for this franchise and such a great way with people. Um, and he knows how to execute, you know, big things. He and I, you know, we make a good tandem. You know, I can dream him up and he can execute them. Um, and I love working with him. He's just, he's an MVP, you know, type of a guy that works inside our organization. And yeah, the fans of our team at some point, you know, need to know more about an individual like Stukes because so much of what they see on game night is a direct reflection of, of Dan's leadership and his vision. I think that's how we conduct the the first big meeting when we're uh, debating on who goes in. We should just vote for each other and ourselves. In that one <laughs> I'm sure everyone will just love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah wouldn't that be Daryl Ray, the first yes. inductee? In oh all my trade. god! <laughs> Never, ever. Uh, hey, before we let you go, the the season thus far, and we've sat here on the Podman Rush, and obviously on our broadcast, and. Mike on DallasStars.com, and I'm sure you and your suite and your various uh, endeavors living the ups and downs of this team this season. More ups than than downs, obviously, lately as they have moved into the second wild card spot, I think they hold down today yep. in chasing down a playoff spot. But just from, again, from your chair, uh, how has how a season like this unfolded for you? Well, it's, you know, it's certainly been frustrating at times, I think, for me and certainly for our fan base and probably for everybody involved, including the players. I I spoke at a breakfast a couple of weeks ago and I said it was right after we had beaten Colorado and lost Arizona. And I said, it's kind of a microcosm of our whole season. <laughs> we we go on the road. We beat the best team. The team hasn't lost at home since I think before Halloween. Then we go to Arizona and we lose to the worst team. And I think they've got six wins. And then in between, we win a game where we didn't score a goal in regulation. <laughs> so I said, that's kind of been our season. And so here we are um, hovering in that second spot. But, you know, playing probably our best hockey, you guys, you guys would probably agree over the last, you know, certainly 30 days. Um, this team has a way of 
the minute you think they're humming, they kind of fall off. And the minute you think they're dead, they resurrect themselves like nobody else and get themselves right back in it. And I've said it all along, if we can get in this thing, we're going to be a hell of a team to beat in a seven-game series. So we've got a lot of, you know, we've got a tough schedule here in March that we've got to get through. We've got 10 home games, 20 available points coming in April where we're going to need our fan base to help us. Um, hopefully we can get there in a good spot. I think if we can get to April, um, in, in, you know, and, you know, staying close, you know, we can close this thing out at home. Um, but we've got to, you know, we've got to get through, you know, the month of March, which is which is daunting. If I could hear between the lines there, Mike Hike, I believe he was coining a, a Mike Hike phrase or at least utilizing it. It is interesting. It, it is, in fact, I didn't interesting. want to say it. Yeah, but it is, in fact, interesting. <laughs> yes, it's it not is. dull. It is. Interesting. No, that's what the fans want. It's not dull. You are the conduit to the fans, Mike. <laughs> I'm a tool for the people. Yes. Hey, look. Uh, awesome. Thanks for giving us a little bit of time on a busy day there, Mr. President. Appreciate it. We'll let you go. And then Mike and I uh, go back and forth and dissect and cut up Julianne. Uh, and fry out uh, everything that we've just covered. So. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Good to see you. And Razor, as always, you're the man. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thank you. you that, sounds like a, that, that sounds like a vote for me on the Hall of Fame, Mike. Did you hear that? <laughs> well, I, you've hopefully, got my vote, too. Hopefully no emotional damage done by our hard-hitting inquiries and opinions there uh, to <laughs> Brad Alberts. Perfect. We let you sign off, and then uh, – and then Mike and I continue on with uh, another hard-hitting week of, of the Podman Rush. I, I want to uh, leap into uh, GMing a little bit immediately here. Wow. How about that? That is a, a smooth segue. We are coming into the second uh, GMing season of the calendar year. Are you aware of that? I am. The uh, first one, of course, the July free agency time. Uh, but the trade deadline is now, what, three weeks away? Am I right with that? Uh, yeah. 21st? 21st. And today's the first, so I did the math. There's seven days in a week, so three times that, 21. And uh, bang, right there. Arithmetic. There you go. Nailed that, Amazing. huh? It's like yeah, calculus. You're, you're beautiful. It's like even calculus in, on here. Even, even in Canadian math, it yeah, works out. Well, <laughs> yeah, Celsius math. Uh a lot, a lot to ponder, obviously, for Jim Nill and his hockey up staff here uh, as they sort of teeter-totter a little bit from being just out of the playoff picture back into the playoff picture. And it makes it, I would think, very awkward for them to figure out what the path, the proper path is. Are you adding? Or are you subtracting? Now, that, that's not really – we'll get into more of that as we get closer to the actual deadline. I just wanted to talk a bit about his counterpart in Nashville, uh, Preds general manager David Poyle. And you, you've you dealt with him, I'm sure, a few times through the years in that, right? Yep. David, he was a star's partner in the uh, outdoor game that Brad was just talking about. Uh, my question is this. How, how is he not in the Hockey Hall of Fame at this point? Oh, he should be. In, I mean, in, I, I think he eventually he will be. Okay, so I, I I posed that question to someone, and they immediately shot it down with the well, you know, he's still active in the league in that. 
Well, there are three three current general managers in the league that are in the ho- Hockey Hall of Fame. Now, they, they have Stanley Cups on their Correct. resume, right? Rutherford, uh, Lou Lamorello, and, and Kenny Holland, who's now was with Detroit and now up in Edmonton. But when I, I just started, may, maybe it was because that 3,200 number came out. It first GM to manage 3,200 games in the league. That's regular season and playoffs. Uh, so I, I went on a little deep dive into David Poyle here. He started at the age of 34 in Washington with the Capitals. He, he spent 15 years with the Caps. 14 of those, the first 14 of them, all playoff years yeah. for Washington. Then he built the Preds uh, from you know dust into the expansion team in 1998. They didn't make the playoffs for the first five years, but that was the different expansion time, right? They, the league didn't allow you to compete immediately. You had to, yeah. you had to pay uh, your dues for a little bit. Uh, you, you, it was just a, a different animal. You didn't pay as much to get into the, into the big league uh, back then. But if you take those first five years away, the, the, the Predators have been a playoff team for 14 to 17 years after that. Yeah. So his teams are always playoff teams. And then th- there's the coaching aspect of it too, the, the stability aspect. He he had only three coaches, or excuse me, he's had only three coaches in 23 seasons in Nashville. And that was after having only three coaches in his tenure in Washington. And two of those were brothers. <laughs> he had Terry and Brian Murray. Yeah. So, you know, he 3,200 games, he's had six coaches. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know what is great about him is he has a philosophy. And he sticks with his philosophy, and you know what his philosophy is going to be. He puts money in defense and goaltending. Oh, does he ever. And they play a really good brand of defensive hockey, and that makes you competitive. Yeah. And uh, it's funny as we, you know, as we meander through the league and look at different places and and how they do change. And you know, if a coach goes from, if a team goes from this coach to that coach, is he going from a player's coach to a to a disciplinarian? And yeah, but no, he sticks with what works for him. And so I think that consistency is one of the reasons he's been so great. Yeah, I, I just I didn't realize a lot of this stuff. Yes, you know, until I started. Well, you looking. know, it's funny. Last year. I thought they were just going to be terrible. And then even well, and, this year. And everyone was talking about maybe it's time. Maybe it's right. time they they changed that position in Nashville after that amount of time. And then they they hit a gust and they make the playoffs ahead of our boys unfortunately. Yep. With all and, the injuries that they had? And uh and then again this year it's like well it looks like they're retooling or rebuilding or re whatever you want to call it. And uh you know, they're in a playoff spot again. Now, whether they hold it down or not is right. yet to be seen, but uh, pretty amazing stability more than anything. And, and tenure, you know, like, yeah, there's no question. Yeah, I think he's in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame already. Uh, and he's, he has to go in. And, unless you've got the, the dumb brain uh, belief that, well, he never won the big thing. Never won the big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got to the finals and, and didn't win it. But, man, that is a body of work there. Yeah. No, he's, like I said, he's been consistent. 
and his boy work for us. I like I, <laughs> I I I really like Brian Poyle. Hey, uh, yeah, I do too. I remember the video. Uh, I think he got like so. We're they're driving the bus back from uh, Vale to Denver, <laughs> and Brian Poyle is tasked with getting a video. So I drive him to the video store, and, and he's getting something like Dances with Wolves or something like that. And yes. he goes, "It won the Academy Award." And I go, "No, no, get Happy Gilmore or something goofy." Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the players will kill you for getting an Academy Award movie. <laughs> It's got a it's got a foreign art film for them. <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta dumb it down. You gotta dumb it down for the boys. Oh god. Anyway. Uh here here's a, a less than high stakes gambling hypothetical for you. And and I'll 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 give you some time to ponder, but from because I'm kind of dumping this on you and on our listeners. But let's play along all together. Which guy from this list would you lay, say, what's a fair amount? A thousand dollars? Sure. It's a decent size, but it's yeah. not. It's not crazy. We don't want to make it goofy. We want it believable here, Mike. Right. We want to believe that you and I both could cobble up a thousand dollars and and put it on one of the players or a couple of the players on this list to exit this list. What is this list? Most games played among active players without winning a Stanley Cup. Ooh. You want the list? Sure. Well, it wouldn't work if you said no, so here we go. <laughs> you know who's atop the list? And he hasn't he has not announced his retirement, right? Patrick Marlowe? No, I don't think so. Where is he? I don't know. You think you think he's still holding out hope? Maybe. He hasn't played this year. No. Until the deadline passes. I mean, yeah, the yeah. interesting thing about the deadline is that everybody's strapped for cash. And right. so then if, if you can go in there and be just the cheapest solution, then maybe you could. Maybe you could be picked up. Well, he heads the list, but he has not played. So I, I didn't even bother finding out his games played and all that. But he's played most games uh, in NHL history. He passed uh, Gordon last year, right? Yep. Yeah. So without him... Uh, his former teammate. There's a there's there's a very a San Jose teammates. Shark thread that runs through a lot of this here. Okay. Okay. So before I give you the numbers, I'll give you the names: Joe Thornton, Ryan Suter, Jason Spezza, Brent Burns, Joe Pavelski, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, Pickle, uh, our old friend Andrew Cogliano, and Zach Parisi. Hmm. So Joe Thornton has, you know, you forget. Joe Thornton has played 1,704 regular season games. Yeah. And 186 playoff games. Yeah. He's in Florida with the Panthers after being yep. with the Leafs last year. And uh, Florida is currently second overall in the Eastern Conference. So... He he would he would go down as the number one seed on our little list right now. Yeah, I would agree Ra with that. Ryan Suter is right below him, one thousand two hundred and fifty regular season, eighty eight playoffs. He plays for the Dallas Stars, Mike, in the I've Central Division Western Conference, who are currently holding down the second wild card in the West. Should have known that. We talked with the Prez about that moments ago. Jason Spezza, former Dallas star, 
1,226 regular season, 92 playoff. He's with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So most people are obligated, since he's playing for the Leafs, to lay their money on him because <laughs> the Leafs are the most important franchise in the history of franchises, not even just in our sport, all franchises. Just get, ask anybody in the metro Toronto area or Ontario. The parallels between them and the Cowboys is hilarious. Oh, my God. So they're fourth in the East right now. Brent Burns. This one shocked me. Did, did you realize how many games Brent Burns had played? I had not. Because I didn't. No. Brent Burns has played 1,222 regular season games and 94 playoff games. Currently, wild bandersnatch on the uh, blue line with the San Jose Sharks, who are not in a playoff spot and I don't believe we're going to track one down. Yeah. So you could probably just stroke Brent Burns off your list right now. I'm going to do the. I'll do some of this for you. Okay. Unless you want to go with the wild card and go with Burns. No. Okay. Uh, Joe Pavelski. Mm. Mm-hmm. 1,138 regular season games played. 161 playoff games. Currently a Dallas star. Not just a Dallas star. Currently leading the Dallas stars. In scoring, second wild card, you got him. Then you have his old teammate, Vlasic. 1,132 games for him. 142 playoff games. San Jose. Yeah. Cogliano, <laughs> huh? 1,113 regular season. And, and even 100 playoff games for Cogs. San Jose. Mm, I don't think so. Zach Parisi. 1,109 regular season, 105 playoff games. He's an Islander. Again, he's a New York Islander. 11th in the East, putting them in the very doubtful category. Indeed. So, before you go, I'll I'll call it right now. Stars-Panthers final. Okay. Okay. That would be beautiful. How dreamy would that be? It would be fantastic. I would pony up, I would pony up a thousand to put on Joe and and Ryan. Do I have to? Is that two grand, or do I split it five hundred? You can split the five hundred. I think. Okay. All right. Uh, but I better get sweet, sweet, sweet odds on this one in our current state, right? Yeah. But I I would lay it on them. So okay. Where where would you go? I'd go with the other Joe. I just with like that. with uh, Joe Thornton. I like that team. Um, you know, it's funny because you look at the Maple Leafs and you wonder about their goaltending and you look at the Western Conference and you think mm, Colorado, uh, pretty good, you know, uh, uh, Vegas, pretty good. But you look at what Florida's done. Now, the, the big thing on Florida is they have never, I think Matt DeFranks, who covered them, was saying they haven't won a playoff series since 1996 or something like that. 96, and, yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, now we're saying they're going to win the cup. I mean, that's a pretty big leap. Um, so, you know, the Stars went to the finals a couple of years ago. Maybe they are the team. Uh, but I just, I like Florida. I like what they did. Uh, everything they've been through with the coaching change and everything, they, they seem like a team that could be a handful in the playoffs. Now, that said, they've got Carolina, they've got Tampa, they've got Toronto. They've got, there's a lot of good teams over there that they'd have to get through. Yeah. I, I'm not going to vote for that Joe. My my money's on little Joe, not big Jumbo. Uh, I do. I will say this though. I think it's criminal that Joe Thornton was never a Dallas Star. Don't you? 
Like how? Yeah. How loved? How, how did Tom Holy not be? pull that trade? Yeah. What, what is with Holy? <laughs> Come on. You can't pull that one. On that. He did. Yeah. He. He. I just. He needed to. Be, he needed to be a Dallas star. There's time. He's just—he was such a good quote. He was such a good teammate. Never. There's still time. Is that what you said? <laughs> That's what I said. Oh my God! No, there isn't. <laughs> Again, one thousand seven hundred four regular season games. No, there is no time. Uh, the other guy, you know, I have a. T- I I I think the world of Jason Spezza. I I love Spets. He loves hockey. All these guys do. You don't play yeah, they, that many games. You don't get you, this you far. Don't, yeah. Look at our boys with with Suter and Pavelski. Like you don't play that many games. They have tons of money. They have yeah. lots of money. They love playing the game. They love competing. And then on their off nights, they're going to kids' games. Yeah, <laughs> they're at the well, rink every day. <laughs> hey, you know th- that afternoon game. I look over my shoulder. We're doing the alumni game after. Who's standing right there with his kid? Joe Pavelski. Yeah, comes out to watch a little bit of. Those guys, maybe he was looking at how he's going to dominate in five years, but <laughs> anyway, anyway, there you go. So you, it was you, a good exercise. You have Jumbo, and and I'll I, take. I like our, his. T- I like his team. You're not going to get very good odds with Jumbo, Mike. No, no, it. It's you understand that even money? Maybe even I have to yeah. spend a little extra to get. What would that be? Is that how does that work back. again? I've I've studied gambling so much. Is that plus or minus? Then? I don't know either. I'm not. I'm not very good at gambling. But I do know that I would probably have to bet over a thousand to win a thousand. You think so? I think. Yeah. Or if I bet a thousand, I'd get eight hundred back yeah. or something. You'd like be that. minus then. Yeah. Yeah. Plus. You you want you want the ad. You want for every hundred you make whatever the ad is. You should jump all over those sharks. I bet you get great odds. <laughs> yeah, that'd be smart money. <laughs> uh a couple of I don't know what you have today. I'm I'm running through all my stuff. Do you have anything? No, I love all your stuff. I think oh, it's okay, yeah, Thank you. Uh, you said you want to talk about the uh, scoring, I think. Well, here, a couple of stars questions, yes. A couple of uh, topics to Fletcherize, if you will. How's that? Isn't that a good word? I love Fletcherize. Cliff Fletcher? No. Wait, he was on that list before, too. I know. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Craig it all Patrick. ties together. It comes full circle. That's nice. That was a callback. <laughs> I know. Very good, Mike. Yeah, Craig Patrick, Cliff Fletcher, Pete Carmanis, all in the Hall of Fame. David Poyle's got to get there pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, so star scoring. Here, here's some more math from me. Me math, I call it. Right now, their goals for per game average is the highest that it has been in the last five seasons. Wow. I bet you that. Yeah. Didn't I got a wow coming. out of you with that one. That's right. And it's the first time the average is over 2.8 per game since 2017-18, which would be, was that Hitch? 2.0, right? I think it is, yeah. 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 So that would be the beginning of this five-year cycle. Uh, So they are averaging right now 2.85 goals a game, which unfortunately sits 21st in the league. Uh, But it's, it's moving in the right direction, it feels like. Right. And it has been for a month, month and a half. That'd yeah, be about right? Yeah, I think they're like 10, 5, and 1 in their last 16. And what the ho- thing that gives me hope and that I try to show to the fans is that, like, Tyler Sagan is trending up. 
Alexander Radulov can do more. John Klingberg can like these numbers. You're like, they can do more. This is like, just get to what their normal average is. And you're adding, you know, a goal a game. Yeah. Uh, so the potential. Well, yes. Yes. At the same the time, team. you're, you're, uh, you're hoping, I guess, yes. that those that have been packing, those packs get it heavy yes. 60 games into the season. Yes, they do. Uh, that have been carrying things that they can continue doing what they've been doing and not you, – you don't have a reversal of fortunes, if you will, from the Correct. guys who've struggled and the guys who have potted gold. Uh, the league average, by the way, over the last five years, if, if you took it all together, what would you think it is? Two point eight one. No, what is it? What is it? What are they right now? They're two point eight five, and they're twenty first. Well, I know, but you're saying the league average over the previous. I'm saying the the league average is going up. So right league, now, league average like over 15, the last five years. If you were fifteenth in the league, you'd be scoring so, how much? Three. Yeah, well, you're pretty close. Two point nine six. I'll give you that. We'll, we'll round it up for you, Mike. We'll Thanks. round it up. That's what they do in math. Okay. Even, here, even the Canadians. Well, yeah. I think I think it's a global thing. You always round up. Do you not? It I makes do. it better. Tip, tips especially. Round it up. Uh, here's, here's a question that I, I continue to contemplate and pose to myself when I'm talking to myself, which is borderline crazy, I know. Should individuals be treated with with nothing but praise, right? The everybody gets a trophy crowd, or should they be browbeaten beyond recognition <laughs> to do better when failure repeats itself when it comes to scoring? How do you approach it in 2022? In 2022, that's a really good question because I think the people you're dealing with have grown up in different ways. Like, I think you could, you could browbeat Joe Pavelski and he would respond well. I don't know if you can browbeat Rope Hintz and, and I don't know that he would respond well. I think they're two different individuals who have been programmed at different times in our society. So um, are you saying that you you cannot demand more? That you have to, no, no. You I have to you hope can't. for more and then every time, it, it's like potty training. Every time somebody goes poopy in the toilet, then we have a celebration and shoot the confetti cannons off in that. Is that what you're saying? No, I might have overreached on that one. Yeah, you didn't have to go to the potty training. Part. No, well, but you know how excited parents <laughs> I, I get when I the kid know. actually poops in the there. toilet. Yes. Well, I've, I've been there too a long time yeah. ago. Um, I think you can do a little of both. Um, I think you can poop on the floor, poop in the toilet. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I was going to try and get away from the pooping <laughs> thing and say, "Oh, wear say, diapers." <laughs> say your player hasn't scored. <laughs> In five games, you can kind of crack the whip. Well, Say and they smell player, like a poopy diaper when that happens. <laughs> I'm right. going to keep going, Mike. Say your player hasn't scored in 10 games. Oh, well, my they God. Might, they might Oof. need a little bit more encouragement Oof. than cracking the whip. So there's different times. and diff I'm a big fan of the middle. Like, I just think the answer is always in the middle, whether that's politics, whether that's motivation. You, that, you, you, you've got to find that sweet spot. For each individual. That makes you a centrist, I believe. It does. Okay. Well, it's not a bad place to be. No. I, I, works no, for me. I, I command <laughs> you and I applaud you. I think we need more of that. Yeah. I think we need more of that. I, maybe that's where this should hit in scoring in general. Yeah. Centrist. 
Yes. You know, what's funny is, is as we talk about all this is the coach is, has flown from one side to the other <laughs> when he's talking to us. And I think when he's talking to the players, because he's frustrated by it as well, that I think there are times when he's just like, we're doing everything we can. The players need to score goals. <laughs> and then the other thing is, well, we got to do a good job of putting them in position to score goals. And so, I mean, that message changes to us. I'm guessing it changes to them as well. Yeah. That's what, that's coaching. <laughs> Yeah, right? That's managing. Really, it's so yeah. funny to, to listen to them sometimes because sometimes they're, oh, they're so frustrated that the players. Well, are, yeah. Here's a great scoring chance. How did you not score? <laughs> and he's forced to talk every day, sometimes oh. twice a day. So to a bunch of, of course you're going to get. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course you're going to get some of that. Uh, anyway, centrist. That's what I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to strive to be more of a centrist in my views then. Mike, I, th I think that's the path that will no lead more us edge. To success. <laughs> yes. Uh, after starting the season with a really a plethora of goalie options, uh, they're, they're sort of a one goalie group right now uh, and a very good one. Yep. As that one is blossoming. Uh, but is the number two position going to hold up? It's is worth a debate. I, I hope. I really, I really hope so. I think it's a, I think it's a perfect marriage to have a veteran goaltender, who's seen everything, done everything, to be there at the position. I, look, there's lots of help. Jeffries, we talked about this last week. I won't hash it out again, but to have that guy there all, every day, all the time. It's so important, I believe, for a young goaltender. I think it's tough to have two young goalies at the same time. Yeah. I think anytime you can have a veteran who's accomplished a ton uh, to be there. So fingers crossed that it can remain that way in in all aspects and just a smidge more health uh, on, the, on the one side of things. Otherwise, you start wondering if they're going to be in the same boat as like Edmonton, Maybe the Leafs all of a sudden, although you talk about not being centrists up there, yeah. one day they're going to win the cup, no problem. They'll win 16 games in a row. The next minute, fire everyone. Oh, my God, the goaltending's horrific. Washington would be another team. I think even Vegas might be a, a team. Who knows? Yeah. They got a lot of issues out there trying to get their act completely back together. But there might it might be a, might be a thick goalie market all of a sudden here at trade deadline time. Yeah, it's interesting too because I, you know, I don't know what how Anton is seen throughout the league, uh, but I, I was just going to throw the wild card out there that if, you know, they know better than we do what Braden's health is on a day to day basis, right? Right. Uh, but having Anton, if he, you know, if he gets up and playing down in the minors, and you know, the one game he got called up, he actually looked pretty good. So you know, having that as a third option wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, in no. my opinion. No. No, as long as as long as that can be kept in in uh, in the pipe. Yes, and and I'm you know I was thinking the same thing with with Braden. You know I watch him. I can I can pick certain things out because uh, I'm a watcher, and uh, I used to. You've wear had the, a few injuries in your career. Too. I used to wear the tools of <laughs> ignorance back in the day. The but the. The thing that I would look at more than anything is that you uh, had a guy or guys, but certainly a guy last year in Rope Hints that was on one leg and look what he did. Yeah. 
and uh, you know they you you can get a job done. You like like all the time we've always said, you can play hurt. You can't play injured. Yeah, you can't continue on injured, but you can hurt. Adrenaline is a heck of a drug. It it is. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. <laughs> the uh, uh, and and then I think Bone said it the other day too. The reality beyond goaltending is you got a lot of guys playing hurt at this yeah. point of the year. When you're 60 games or approaching 60 games into an 82 game schedule, there's a lot of guys playing through some stuff on a nightly basis. So it's just it, it, it's probably load management, right? Little, and they've done pretty well with that, I think. And the kid's done his part in playing just phenomenal uh, and shouldering the load here for a bit while they uh, load manage in other aspects. Right. How's that? No, and it's it's been fun to watch him too. Such a good kid. He is. He is. So are you, Mike. You're a terrific <laughs> kid. I'll I give you the man. last word I'm, if you want. It's up to uh, you, man. Um, I was just going to say, you know, I know I overemphasize uh, the praise end of all this kind of stuff, but uh, uh, going back to Brad Alberts and what he's been able to do with this team. and Yeah, and we, how can he's talk, gonna, we can really uh, throw uh, some roses at his feet here now before we go. Now that yeah, he's we can just shower him now, and it's probably in our best interest for future employment that we do do this. So well, please. And again, you and I know this, that, you know, they've got a million things on what do you do with the arena? What's your relationship with the Mavericks? You know, how are we going to be building a hotel next to this? Like, there's really important big money stuff, and he has to deal with it every single day. Oh, yeah, and try and put 18,000 people in the building. And yeah. I just i am so impressed with how he does stuff uh, to, to go through the step-by-step -step of that Winter Classic and say, hey, we can do this at the Cotton Bowl. And I'm like, eh, not so sure about that one, Brad. And then well, you weren't the only up. one. Like he, like he got a ton of pushback uh, on the belief side of things from the the National Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, like, like there was a lot of and you're like, okay, we're gonna give it to you, but oh my god, like I, we don't believe in it and don't screw no. it up. I, I yeah. guess good luck. I we guess it'll be the, I guess it'll be the worst there. one we've ever had. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends up being one of the best yeah. ones they've ever had. I mean, exactly. I didn't believe in it. He pulled it off. And so then you look at all the stuff that he's got that he's juggling, and it, it's an impressive job. He he is really good at his job. Yeah, I I would echo all of that. He uh you know the the hockey news, which is sort of the Bible. Do you still write for the hockey news, Mike? <laughs> no, I do not. Oh, okay. I would like to. I don't think they uh are using a whole lot of writers. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you used to be a freelancer for them, right? I did. Back in the day when they hired writers. One of my and proud moments is uh, they asked for best duos, and I <laughs> said you and Ralph, because it was during a it was a, during a slow patch on the ice. <laughs> so the best <laughs> oh, duo God. for the stars was Ralph and Razor. Oh, my God. Mike, don't. The uh, yeah, that must have been a real lull for the franchise <laughs> if that was the the duo. Uh, but I, the point I was going to make is that they come out annually with the Power 100. Yep. And Brad didn't show up in the main uh, Power 100 portion of things on that, but they broke it down this year into more – I mean, the, the main Power 100 is what? League executives, uh, lawyers, <laughs> yeah. agents, 
few players, that kind of thing. Uh, he, he he's going to find his way up into the the power one hundred, yeah. and much higher on the list. They had they had it broken down into uh, team executives or presidents or whatever it was on that side of things. Uh, he I think he's just done an incredible job, and he stated it himself. He he does have big big ideas and yes. beliefs in in his ideas, and I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I love too. that. And like, like reach, reach high, raise the bar repeatedly. Like, demand a lot, not 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 just well, you know, it, we're fighting this and we got to deal with that. They yeah, probably don't want to do that team here. And yeah, and that. they don't no, like it down here. And it, and, he, and he comes, he doesn't come off chesty and arrogant. Mm-mm. Like, do you think we've done enough yet, or should we keep going? On Brad, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I no, know. no, I'm I'm being sincere in in all this. He, uh, yeah. he's he's and he's just no. scratched the surface. Of, he's a uh, young man too. Yeah, of That's all the, the things, thing. of all the things. I mean, he's like he's a young yeah. executive, and I do. I think he has big, big things in his future. Yeah, very. I, I think again, but very, very fortunate that that he has uh, decided to take on this here because. Uh, he could go into other sports, uh, which he has. He, he was on yep. the baseball side of things for a bit, and uh, he would he would be a top end free agent. There's no question in the executive world. Do they have that Indeed. kind of thing? Uh, my guess is uh, my guess is if they have money, yes, and yeah, <laughs> they're a top free agent. Okay, <laughs> what seed would you be on the media side of things then? <laughs> right now. Right now, yeah. Uh, what would you put you in at? What, what round? Let's say it's a ten-round draft. Where does probably, Mike Heike go? Probably squeeze into the ninth. I think. Oh, Mike! I think I, I think I could be on the scouting report, couldn't I? Mike, not one of those guys that they don't even have a scouting report on. Do you ever get those on draft day? Yeah, we There's, don't. We don't have. We don't have a report on this guy. Not a chance you'd fit in the in the top ten rounds. You'd be a PTO. Okay. We'd bring All you right. in on a pro tryout. See what I, kind of scribe you are. I can try, and uh, and I know with your work <laughs> ethic and your your go get them attitude and My youth. your 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 well your go get them attitude <laughs> that you would find your way. Look at just look at today. You fought through a, a nasal cavity go. alert or whatever <laughs> doctor's appointment, <laughs> and you made it in in for this. Uh, I believe I would be somewhere in in the uh, fifth round uh, range. It's good because luck that's, round. That's where all the good players come. That's what I hear. They all come in the fifth. <laughs> they all do. That's where you get your true glue in the fifth round. So <laughs> enough of us for now. Big thanks to Brad Alberts for taking our – did you throw any fastballs? Um, No. No, we both threw slow pitch. Yeah. Just but I, honest and truly, I don't know that there's any real stuff he's got to deal with right now other than COVID. Yeah. I mean, he's, he does have to make the business work, and that's not yeah. easy. Yeah, man, the hurdles, the hurdles. Hopefully we're through this for everyone. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to you, Mike, for, again, you, fighting through it today. Hashtag warrior. Hashtag <laughs> Mike Heike. What is your handle at, at Twitter? Uh, <laughs> at Mike Heike. Oh, my God. You're so creative, <laughs> too. Very creative. You are so creative. <laughs> and to all our listeners, thanks for hanging in. Uh, we got to take off. We got a lot of stuff to do. Got to prepare for the LA Kings. Get them ready on Wednesday night, Hump Day. Kings are in town for Hump Day. 
I can see some regicide coming. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today.